Thank you for the music tonight, the congregational singing, and then the choir with the rice and the foots. And um, thankful for these songs and being reminded of just the miracles around Christmas. And I want us to look at some of that this evening. If you take your Bible and go to Luke chapter number 1. In Luke chapter 1, this lengthy chapter, it gives us that Christmas setting and story. But I'd like for us to have just some reminders uh, that would refresh us for this Christmas season. And here you see the characters that God chose and used going into that first Christmas. And I want us to specifically look at reminders tonight from Mary as she approached this first Christmas and why it is that she found blessing even in the midst of great challenges and difficulty because that's what it was. And much of what they experienced was uh, had to do with things that would cause fear and cause someone to be very concerned. Uh, challenges, sacrifice, inconvenience. Yet Mary has some great reminders because ultimately this chapter is a highlight of her singing praise unto God and about God before others. Mary had much to sing about. And so do you. But I want us to see why it was that Mary was able to rejoice and sing and praise the Lord even when much was placed on her. Many people crumble under things of much lesser weight and concern than what was placed upon Mary. But Mary did not shrink down. She rose in a greater level of usefulness for the Lord. So let's stand and we'll look at some verses here in, in our reading and we'll begin in verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring, uh, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus, and, she, and he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. 
And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zechariah and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. And we'll stop our reading right there. Let's look at tonight some reminders from Mary to prepare us for Christmas. Thank you. Please be seated. Mary sang praises and we read some of that here to the Lord, a pregnant Jewish girl from Nazareth, engaged to marry a poor carpenter who is a young uh, lady here, Mary, uh, spending these days leading up to Christmas. And yet she's singing and she's praising God. But what did she have to sing about? Now, if we're not careful, we can look at and say, well, Mary has reason to sing and rejoice because she had a better situation than I do. But if that's the route you take, you're going to miss the reason she ultimately sang and praised God was not because simply that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, would, would be born from her womb, but rather that God chose to use her. Mary, we, by her response, was willing to take whatever route that God would have of her. And the reason God chose her and showed favor upon her is because she was willing to be whatever God wanted her to be and do whatever God wanted her to do. And here she sings. 
Here she praises. She praised God in verses 46 through 49 for what he did for her. Verse 50 through 53 for all who fear him. And then verse 54 and 55, she um, sang about the people Israel and how God promised to not forget the people. See, God gives power to the weak, we're told. Thrones to the lowly. Food to the hungry, in verse 53. But the rich, it says, the rich, the mighty, they go away empty. God uses those not because they don't have much, but he's not referring to the ones who are just poor. He chooses them and he shows mercy upon the poor. But he's, he's regarding the fact that their heart was that of humility. That they were not satisfied with the things that they had uh, uh, gathered in this world, either by means of title, station, or money. And so those who are satisfied with getting more things will go away empty. And those who have nothing many times will find that, that God is everything that they need and God has promised to meet with those who seek to meet with him. And so Luke tells us about uh, how this came about, how the angel came to her. And we read just how the angel announced that God's plan to her would be sending a Messiah, a Savior to the world and, and would be fulfilled through her usefulness and her cooperation, that she would be the vehicle through whom God would come to this earth, that God would, is going to come in the form of this little baby. And God wasn't going to come with fanfare or a great king or a great leader. But God had chosen to come in the most humble manner possible. You don't find Mary negotiating. I mean, this is one of the biggest things for thousands of years. They've looked for the Messiah. And then you find this most humbling way in which he would come. And Mary, perhaps like some would think, well, couldn't we do it a little bit bigger? And can we do one of those uh, God reveal parties? I mean, it, it, we, we might miss it. Some people might miss out on it. We may not even get the social media post in time if we go about it this way. And she wasn't looking at this as this is going to be some tremendous thing. She looked at it as a great opportunity, but she's not looking at the, the stardom aspect, even though she says, I will be called blessed uh, for the next generations to come. And she wasn't even there referring to the fact that they're going to say, I'm somebody. She's looking at the fact that, that, that they will recognize God blessed me because of my, my response to him. And just as God blessed me, he can bless my people. He can bless generations to come the exact same way. He came, Jesus did as a baby to identify with mankind so that you and I would know that Jesus was truly human, truly divine, both son of man, son of God. When I think about the greatness of Christmas, it's in these verses that before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came upon her. That's the, one of the great miracles of Christmas, the virgin birth itself. 
When you read Luke 1, you find that Mary was amazed that God chose her. God didn't choose her again because she was wealthy. After all, she didn't come from a wealthy family. He didn't choose her because of her education. God didn't choose her because she was particularly mature. After all, she probably most likely was a teenager. That day, young ladies were sometimes married as early as 14 and typically married to older men, which was the custom of that day. And the parents made the decision long before the marriage took place. And they would enter into this betrothal period, which is an engagement period uh, that we would most recognize it to be. However, our engagement time has really lost its significance, but they were not married they were betrothed, they were, they were uh, um, engaged to one another, and um, they were not to have any intimate relations. But in the eyes of the family, they were treated as though they were already married. And, and by the way, it shouldn't be that much different today. No one should be dating for the entertainment and the relationship aspect. Dating if you want to use the word, though it's a poor word, it's for marriage. No one should be giving their heart and getting closer to somebody else unless they're prepared to get married, unless they could get married that month. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. That's a misuse of the men's refresher statement. Um. But, but what I'm saying is, a lot of times the dating is, it's just another, another form of entertainment. It's not entertainment, it's the fulfilling of God's will. And so we should know that this is God's will, then, then the right time, the right way, the right person, and, and it will be, uh, it'll be entered into with seriousness and the engagement time is, is not trying to see if we're going to be compatible. That should have been figured out already. The engagement time is simply the preparation time for the marriage. But today it's just so frivolous. Dating doesn't mean much. Engagement doesn't mean anything. And so should it surprise you that marriage doesn't mean very much? By the way, dating is a precursor for divorce. Does anyone ever enter into dating till death do us part? No, but that's what giving your heart to someone is about, till death do us part. But dating, uh, we're going together, not going together. That was last year, that was in the past. Well, so why should marriage then be treated any different if that's what they've been used to? Give my heart here, give my attention here, give my affection here. And it's somebody different, somebody different, somebody different. And, and you, all you're doing is laying the groundwork that if the marriage, we don't like this, everybody else, I would, why not do what they do? It's legal and it's, it's typical, it's customary. And so therefore we can also divorce. I'm simply saying, uh, if we don't understand the, the significance of marriage and relationships and hearts of people from God's perspective, we really do rob the significance of what is taking place in this passage between Mary and Joseph. So when the angel came to Mary and announced that God had chosen her, 
I think there must have been several reactions. We know some of them because of the way uh, the angel responded to her. We know some of the reactions based upon the Bible tells us her reaction. She had a fear reaction. God chose me out of all the women on this earth. God chose me. What if I blow it? I don't think I'm, I'm able to do this. There, there had to be this fear reaction to a certain degree. What about the fear of criticism, of rejection? What are people going to say? And how do I explain that I'm the only person in the history of humanity that got pregnant without ever uh, being married and having that, that, uh, that system, I'm trying to be careful here, by which that happens. And what will people say? Do we think because it was 2,000 years ago, people didn't say anything? What would her husband say, her uh, fiance, because they, they had not come together? How would she explain this? Well, just, just say what God, God said. Well, some of you have difficulty just telling God loves you, Jesus died for you, need to be saved. Could you imagine explaining this one? There had never been such a birth in all of the history of mankind. There had to have been a fear of being ostracized, the fear of gossip, all these different things. But the Bible says that Mary overcame all of that. All the fear. And, and many times around Christmas, there's fear for different reasons. Fear due to finances. Fear due to family. And fear due to uh, the, the, the change that, that has occurred. And there are several reasons why Mary was able to overcome her fear and experience that first Christmas that I believe we too could learn from. There's several reasons. In fact, her response was, God, if that's what you want to do, if that's your plan for my life, as hard as it is to understand, as hard as it is to do, I'm willing to do it if that's what you want me to do. So I want you to see a few things from Mary's life, a pattern there that I, I want to imbibe in my life and, and I trust that, that you will want it as well. Number one, in verse number 28, the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. First of all, Mary developed an awareness of God's presence. Here's a young lady, although a teenager, she had a keen sense of the presence of God. You see, if you have a sense of the presence of God, then you'll experience the reality of God's peace. We want to experience God even in December, don't we? In my heart and in my home. If you realize that God is with you, that God has promised never to leave you, never to forsake you, that you have developed a sense that he's present with you wherever you go and whatever you do, then you'll have a sense of peace if you're walking the way that God wants you to walk. Does that mean there's going to be some unknowns? Well, certainly there'll be some unknowns. Some things that God knows, but he doesn't want you to know, and you don't need to know as long as you know him. And she was aware of his presence, and that was sufficient. She continued to practice that awareness of God's presence. The scriptures tell us that Mary pondered the angel's words in her heart. 
I can imagine over the nine months until Jesus was born that Mary had a great deal of time to read the scripture about the Messiah. You can imagine her wanting to go back and see, now what did Isaiah say? I want to find out. I mean, it just, uh, certain times God has a way of doing something in our life that will cause us to say, let me go back and read about that. And she had a whole different perspective. I can imagine as she probably turned to that book of Isaiah, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth the child. And she says, there I am. She spent time in the word of God. She spent time contemplating how God was going to use her life. She continued to practice the presence of God. I read the other day or some time ago about a man who had one of those uh, alarms on his wrist watch when it was fairly new. He wanted to remind himself of the presence of God because it can be easy to forget that God is with us. I'm not talking about forgetting the doctrine of God being omnipresent, but just forgetting in the way we behave and practice. It's easy for us to overlook the fact that God never leaves us nor forsakes us. So the man set his alarm to beep every hour on the hour, which simply to him was a reminder, God is with me. God is with me. Most of the time when we do that, it means, uh-oh, I'm late for an appointment. Um, but to him it meant, God is with me. Then he decided he still didn't have the peace he ought to have, so he set his alarm for every 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes that beep went off and it reminded him, God is with me. God is with me right now, right here in this situation. God is with me, not just while I sit here in church, but when I get into my car and I depart and I go home because I can experience the reality of God's presence in my heart and in my home. Then this man ended up setting it for 15 minutes. And whatever it takes for us to be aware of God's presence and practice the presence of God, we need to do it. The reason why Mary was unusually used is because of her awareness of God's presence. One way to miss Christmas is, the, is to miss the reality of God's presence. If we need a sign on our bathroom mirror that reminds us, if we need a promise that we put on the visor of our car, if we need something to carry in our pocket, whatever we need to do, let's work at being reminded of the presence of God because we need to practice God's presence. I mean, moment by moment by moment, recall, reassure yourself that God is real and God is present. Mary developed an awareness of God's presence. She had a reverence for the Lord. That is an awareness and reverence of his presence. That's one of the reasons where we, we strive to be careful just about what we do here in the auditorium. This is, this is a place that has been uh, sanctified, set apart. This is a place that is set apart for meeting with God. That's why we don't want to do and hear what we do at a playground. That's why we don't want kids running through the auditorium. That's why we don't want them playing in the lobby, among other reasons. That's why we don't want the, the snacks and the drinks in here in the auditorium. This is not designed for that. This is a place where we ought to be hungry and aware 
of the reality of God's presence. Proverbs 14, verse 26. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Listen, if you're going through a time of insecurity, if you're going through a time of uncertainty, then realize that God is with you. The one who has it all under, if your circumstances is out of control, rest in the fact that God is in control. She was aware of his presence. Not only did she develop a sense of God's presence, but she also devoted, number two, herself to God's plan. As Christmas comes, mentioned to the men this morning, now's not the time to back off in our relationship with God and experiencing God. Unplug. Unplug from work. Rearrange things. Do what needs to be done. Enjoy time with your family. Enjoy time uh, at being off. Enjoy the, the change in pace or schedule, whatever your situation allows, but don't take off from God. The angel comes to her and says, you're blessed among all the women of the earth. God is with you. And he's saying God is present with you and you're very favored. God has a plan for you. In verse 31 through 33, the angel Gabriel said, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth the son, shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So God said, Mary, I have this, this wonderful plan that's been in place for, for ages. I'm going to come to earth as a baby. I'm going to use your body to be born. And Mary's response and essence was, verse 38, I'm completely available to you. God, whatever you want. You don't need my permission. You, 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 you're God, I'm not. She chose the attitude of complete availability to God. Let it be unto me just as you have said. Let it happen just as you have planned. She had a, an attitude and a spirit that said, I'm devoted to doing the will of God. I think our lives, I think our lives have, as God's people ought to be a blank piece of paper. At the top, it should simply say, I will do. And everything else is blank. And at the bottom, your signature and let God fill in all the blanks. And we're just here at his beckoning. We're just here to be used of him. Mary was willing to risk her reputation. She was willing to step out in faith and belief in the promises of God. She was willing to sacrifice her comfort because she wouldn't be very comfortable socially. She wouldn't be very comfortable physically. She would have to give up a great deal as a young person. And, and, and I'm talking about in terms of human uh, um, uh, assessment of it. If you choose the incredible will of God, there's going to be some challenges that come. There's going to be some difficult times. There's going to be some, I even hate to use the word sacrifices. But, but let me tell you the alternative. If you don't choose the incredible, wonderful will of God, there's going to be some harder times. There's going to be even greater sacrifices You'll sacrifice the peace of God, the leadership of God, the blessing of God, the smile of God, the favor of God, the energy of God. 
So Mary, she chose, however, the incredible, the, the reasonable, the smart, intelligent way known as the will of God. And she devoted herself entirely and totally to God's will. She developed a sense of God's presence. An angel may appear unto you sometime if you developed a sense of God's presence. We're told that angels do minister. And there is many times a closing off of, in, in our senses, and, and, uh, and, and a discernment and an understanding of what God is up to. And it's simply because we miss out on the reality of the presence of God. But having the presence of God is not to give us the warm and fuzzies. It's to help motivate us to devote our life and plan as Mary did to the will of God, number three. Not only did she develop a sense of God's presence and devote herself to God's plan, but a third thing is she delighted in God's power. She delighted in God's power. God used Mary to do something supernatural because evidently Mary believed in a supernatural God. I believe in a God of miracles. I believe that God was able to cause Mary to conceive. I believe that God was able to cause Jesus to be born of a virgin. I believe in the virgin birth. If you believe in God, you should have no problem with miracles. Many liberal scholars so-called, have tried to explain away the virgin birth. Science would never say that this could be possible, that it has happened, or that it could happen. Science, many, many uh, uh, um, aspects and fronts of our science department simply says this is totally impossible. Well, it is with man, but we're told here that verse 37, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Do you see how God orchestrates and works? He's taking two women who should not have been able to get pregnant. He takes Elizabeth, who's past childbearing age, too old, and she is carrying John the Baptist. And then he takes Mary, who has not been married, and it's not humanly possible for her to get pregnant, and God puts within her a miracle, uses two people, one past the time of a miracle, and one too premature for a miracle, for God to say, I'm God, I can do anything at any time with anybody who will but trust and believe and obey. Don't sell God short. Mary was hoping to miracles. She delighted in the power of God. She believed that God would do exactly what he said he would do. When I read the story and I see Mary delighting in God's power, then I find that Mary begins to sing and her heart begins to overflow with praise to the Lord. So you read the latter part of Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 49. Mary said, my heart is overflowing with the praise of my Lord, the one who can do all things, who has done great things for me. Listen, a great antidote to worry is worship. It really is. You cannot worship and worry simultaneously. You cannot. You cannot praise and panic simultaneously. You cannot. It doesn't fit together. Mary, who's just been given the most startling announcement in all of history, she starts to delight in the power of God. She begins to count those things that are not 
and believe them as though they are. She begins to believe in the power of the invisible God. She begins to walk by faith and prepare her heart for what God will do in her life. 1665, 1666, two of the worst years in the history of England. First, there was the great black plague in which tens of thousands of people died. Then the great fire of London occurred and wiped out four-fifths of the city. Everything was burned into blackness. Can you imagine two years like that? You say, yeah, we've had longer than that with Biden. Well, that's, that's getting up there. That's, you got a point there. But can you imagine one year a plague, the next year a fire, and two devastating events back to back? A prominent Englishman wrote in his diary, all around us is death and despair. I don't think we will ever be able to recover. But there was a man of faith in London who thought they could recover. Rather than focusing on everything that was wrong, he began to focus upon the power of God and his promises. And here's what he wrote. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's interesting that 300 years later, we're still singing that doxology, and I love that. Because this man be believed God in the midst of devastation, death, and darkness. He looked not at the death and problems, but he kept his eyes upon God. And so did Mary. She delighted in God's power. One way to be prepared for Christmas is to delight in the power of God. And Mary, not only was she aware of the presence of God, not only do we see that, that Mary was one who did not miss God for what she could not see, Mary understood and recognized that, that God was very real. The God of the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was still God at work in her life. She developed a sense of God's presence, but she devoted herself to God's plan. And she said, God, I'm all in. Whatever you want me to be, whatever you want me to do, that's, that's what I'm here for. And she delighted in God's power. And then one last thing, Mary. As she prepared for that first Christmas, she depended on God's promises. In verse number 54, she says in the midst of this praise song, He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Look at verse 55. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. She rehearses what God has done in the past. Remember, over 7,000 promises in the Bible, they're waiting to be claimed. They have your name on every single one. Mary faced the impossible situation. and She got ready for a miracle because she was depending upon the promises of God. Many people don't claim the promises of God because they don't know them. Mary knew them, at least she knew some of them. If you read that song of praise that Mary sang unto the Lord, it's evident that Mary knew her Old Testament scripture. She was very familiar with the word of God. 
I've said it before in previous years, one of the beneficial things that we could do for the new year is to memorize a promise of God from God's Word every week. At the end of the year, we'd have 52 promises of God's Word memorized, ready to grasp. When the crisis arises, we know what promise to attach and attack the crisis. When the devil comes, we know which promise to run to. We could answer him with a promise from God. Elizabeth said to Mary in verse 45, she said, you believe that God would do what he said, and that's why he's given you this wonderful blessing. In verse 45, and blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Elizabeth is saying, you believed God. Your faith is not in vain in the Lord. He always rewards those who will trust and seek Him. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for a people, looking for someone that He may show Himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward Him. God could use Mary because her heart was perfect. Not, not, not that it was sinless. Mary was not perfect in that sense. She had a sin nature just like you and me. But her heart was right. She responded right. David was a man after God's own heart. Yes, but that was before David blew it. No, that was even after David blew it. When David responded right. A, a, a perfect heart is this mature heart that says, God, you're right, I'm wrong. God, you're God, I'm not. You're the way, the truth, and the life. I'm your servant. I'll trust. I'll obey. Remember, it doesn't need to be said, I don't think for us, but just as a reminder, nowhere in the Bible does it say we're to worship Mary. Nowhere does it say that we're to place Mary above any other believer. Mary was a simple believer who was used by God to perform a great miracle and to fulfill the prophecy of His Word. So we come at Christmas time and we say often, what can I do for Jesus? And I'm not thinking right now of a monetary offering. What can you give to Jesus? Have you ever struggled with buying somebody a gift who has everything? You know, what is it you can give them? And God would be that way. What can I give God? Whatever it is you can think of, what is it He doesn't have? God has everything. He's self-sufficient. He doesn't need anything. He's all in all. God doesn't need anything, but God does want something. You can give God something He wants that tonight He might not even have. It's your whole heart. It's your whole being. It's for you to stop insulting Him and to finally and fully trust Him. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We pass that off because that's simple. We, we did that in kindergarten Christianity. But I wonder as God looks down if... He's passing us by. 
Because we're not responding as a teenage Mary responded and her just walking about. Mary did not say, "Uh uh-oh, God chose me, I need to step things up. Some have the, 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 the wrong thinking that once a person becomes a teacher, once a person becomes a deacon, then, then they've got to do certain things. Well, if that ever happens, it was overlooked or missed maybe how they were living. But God doesn't say choose people who can step it up. He says just choose people who are filled with faith in the Holy Ghost. Mary was living, separated, and dedicated to God. She was aware of the presence of God. She was all in with the plan of God. She relied upon the power of God and praised Him for His power. And she depended upon the promises of God. Not when she got the news, but each and every day after she became a believer in God. And God says to us, Why don't we get all in? Why don't we love him with all of our being? I do love him with all my being. Then what about others? Philippians 2, again, is couched in that that reminder. Don't look every man on his own things, but on the things of others. How? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. No wonder God chose Mary. He chose somebody that looked like him. That was others minded. That was seeking not her own glory. But the glory of the God of the highest. And for the good of others. What's your mindset going into Christmas? Don't miss him. Don't miss him. Don't miss what he can do. Don't miss what he wants to do. Others need to find him. I think about over the years, not just here, but just in many churches that I've been aware of. People who are dedicated in coming to church. I don't know all the things about their their inner man and their life outside of church, but they made it to all the events, all the services, and all the activities. But as time went on, their family grew. And so often when those funerals would come around and pastors would say the same thing, and I've experienced the same thing here. Family. I didn't know they had these family members. Family members who don't go to church, or if they do go to church, they go to a church that is a consumer-driven church. How does that happen? I believe God wants us to be like Mary, where everything we do, we point back to Jesus. Don't, God's not looking for secret service Christianity. God's looking for those who will be like Mary, an ambassador for Jesus. She was not highly favored because she was the mother of She's highly favored because she was an ambassador. She's not in heaven because she was his mother. And she doesn't give anybody else to heaven because she was his mother. She was just a sinner saved by grace. 
And we can take her same mindset and attitude and be just as ready for this Christmas. Let's stand together, please.